Lean forward slightly. Look straight at the speaker. And listen with a sparkle in your eye. As though you might be thinking, gee, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever heard in all my life. Straight out of the burbs of L.A., this is So I Married a Movie Geek. We're back with another episode of So I Married a Movie Geek. I'm Chrissy McQueen. Justin Winters is our resident movie geek. And this week we're doing The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, which I can't believe I've never seen. And another movie which I actually can believe I haven't seen, uh, Dead Calm with Nicole Kidman. Justin. What's up? You seemed surprised when I told you I hadn't seen Dead Calm. I thought you'd been more surprised that I hadn't seen The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Uh, I was surprised at both. Equally so? Because I, when, number, when Hand Rocks the Cradle, I thought we had talked about it before. Right. Um, so I was surprised at that. Number two, Dead Calm, you love Nicole Kidman. Yes. Like, seriously, like, female love. It's <laughs> intense female love towards Nicole Kidman. Um, so yeah, I was surprised that you hadn't seen that one as well. I do love Nicole Kidman. Um, but out of the two, I think The Hand of the Roth's Cradle is probably the most surprising because that's, I, I see this as like a really popular movie back in the day, back in the day, back in 1992. I mean, I don't know if anybody listening to this podcast has actually seen Dead Calm, but I feel like the only people I know who have seen it are Nicole Kidman fans. Perhaps. Or good movie fans. But before we get to that, Chrissy, mm-hmm. I have to confess something. Oh, no. Are you ready for it? I, I'm a not secret, sure. Oh. A, a secret that I've been holding deep inside. So wait, you're confessing something? Yes. Oh, no. All right. But I'm coming clean. So that should count as some kind of brownie points or something, right? Is that how it works? I don't know. Is that how brownie points work? No, I mean, like, is that like you just, you just confess your sins and then like because you were good enough to come forward with it, that means like you're good? Well, not like totally good, but not totally bad because, again, brownie points and stuff. I'll file that away for future. <laughs> uh, I've cheated on you, Chrissy. Movie cheated. So... I'm like, um... <laughs> weird that it's coming out this way on the podcast. <laughs> well, that's why I said movie cheated. I know, I know. Um, well, I love you. I would never cheat on you f- for reals. Uh, but movie cheated, I have. I've done it before, and I did it again. And I've, I'm here to come clean. Okay. So today is taping this on Sunday. Um, on Friday afternoon, I went to see a movie by myself. <gasps> what? And the reason I did so, because, number one, I really wanted to see it really bad. Like, really bad, bad. And then I thought, with our schedules, sometimes just things don't happen. Things don't line up. And I would have to wait weeks, weeks to see this movie, Chrissy. Accurate. And I didn't want to do it. So that's why I'm coming clean. Is it weird that I'm kind of okay with you cheating on me? Uh, No, it's not weird at all. Do I get a high five? Yeah. Yay! Open marriage! So I saw Dunkirk. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, what? Are you taking back to your high five? A minute ago, I'm all like, 
not too hurt by that. I actually kind of feel okay. Woo, that makes me feel better. Open marriage. And then you're like, and I saw a Christopher Nolan movie that I know you really wanted to see about World War II. Here's the thing. It's cool. I, nothing's changed. Like, I will go see it again. <laughs> uh, nothing's changed. My feelings for you are the same. I will go see it again with you uh, in the theater because I love you. And because it was really, really good. I will introduce you to my new movie girlfriend (laughs) and watch Dunkirk again. Uh, Introduce you to my new movie girlfriend. Well, Christopher Nolan. He's your movie girlfriend? No, never mind. It didn't work. It worked in my head. Forget about it. I mean, okay. Your new movie girlfriend, Christopher Nolan. (laughs) Make a love connection. Two and two. I wasn't thinking of me. I was thinking of you. Like he's your girlfriend on the side because you went and saw him in his movie. Uh, oh, makes sense now. Very smart. Yeah. Very funny, Chris. <laughs> Thanks. Kudos for that one. It worked out well. Uh, no, I've done this before. What? I'm just kidding. movie cheated. <laughs> Are you guys at home okay with movie cheating? Sometimes it's got to be done. It's not how I envisioned starting this podcast. Uh, you know. Netflix, some people, sometimes you're like, oh, I really want to watch this show, but I can't wait. I can't wait for Christy to watch it. Well, Justin, I mean, I have a confession to make, too. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Come out with it. So, it's kind of okay that you went and saw this movie this weekend because- <gasps> What are you going to say to me? I wasn't able to be there because I was cheating on you with my cult. Oh, Okay, I thought you were going to say that you watched something. That... No, the only thing I'm watching without you right now is uh, Friends from College on Netflix. Oh, that's okay. I'm not too excited. About you know, well, you know what's weird? The critics didn't like it, but I do, and and I've talked to other people who also seem to like it, and I think the critics are not right on this one, which is weird because usually the consensus is that they are. Hmm. Yeah. Go figure. But yes, I cheated on you. I was with a cult this weekend. That's cool. Yeah. As long as you came back, I guess. Thank you. It was in New York, so n- never... Crazy stuff happens in New York, we know. Yeah, oh, yeah. All the crazy things happen in New York. Jordan and I had a crazy time walking the streets. Jordan, are you talking about the the biggest fan of our podcast? Uh, Jordan, who's been on the podcast and will be on again when he comes to LA. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> Jordan, we love you. Your cult sounds really fun. My cult is is a cult of kids fanatics who also like to party. And yes, we had a great time. But guys, seriously, you should go see Dunkirk in the theater on the biggest screen possible with the loudest sound. It's really good. Do it. It's not gonna not gonna talk it too much. Top three Nolan films. Really? Bing bang boom. Wow. That's my new catchphrase, Chris. Bing bang boom. <laughs> What are you? You you've been watching Peppa Pig quite a bit, haven't you? Been Bong, bing, bing, that is bing, that is exactly bing. where I get that from. I know you didn't know Subconsciously. either. Subconsciously, I could tell you were like, "Where did I make that up from?" You <sighs> made it up from watching Peppa Pig. Only because I've seen every single episode at least twenty-seven <laughs> times. We have every s- single episode on our DVR. I just like, and sometimes I just want to delete it and just like slip. you did once. You did. You deleted all of them, and I was like, "What happened to Peppa?" And you were like, "Had eh. a refresh, Chris." I just couldn't live that way anymore. Yeah. I had to refresh. It was a rough week with both kids going, I want Peppa. Well, there's one channel that's just all Peppa. So you could get all your Peppa in one day of DVRing. So that's what happened. George rides a bicycle. (laughs) Oh, man. 
Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's my review of Dunkirk. It's awesome. You should go see it in the theater. All right. Do you want to go see it now? I do. Okay, cool. I forgive you because you were asking for forgiveness too, by the way. Well, I didn't want to live a lie. I didn't want to. Like, it's hard to live a lie. A couple days from now, you're like, hey, let's go see Dunkirk. And I'll be like, yes, I really want to go see that for the first time as well. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. But let's talk about these two movies, Chris. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. So you kind of had some input into what we were watching this week. Yes. How was that for you? Different. Good. Different. Different. Yes. It was. It was nice because, and and I don't mean to be like complaining, complainer sin. Oh no, not you. No, no. I'm just saying. Shh. Face waterfall. Oh no, he's doing a face waterfall from don't, face off. Don't put yourself down. <laughs> no. But okay. we have had a streak in the last six months or so of movies where I'm like, why? Why are you torturing me? So it is kind Just the of, last six months? Well, more so. <laughs> it does feel like more so. I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm not mad. I'm hey, mad, bro. sorry. Okay, go. Anyway, go ahead. So when you were like all exasperated, like, what do you want to watch? And I'm like, I don't know. What are my options? And you named this. I was like, okay. I'm good. Like, that's something I actually have always kind of wanted to see. And I know I've said this before, but it bears repeating. There's a big difference when I'm watching a movie that I actually kind of wanted to see and am interested in. I stay awake. It's easy. Can we do more of that? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> Just wanted to say. So, thank you. Let's, let's start with movie number one. Yeah. From 1992. It's called The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. The Bartels couldn't believe how fortunate they were to find Peyton. I adore children, Mrs. Bartell. I love being with them. I, I love taking care of them. For me, it's, it's the next best thing to actually being a mother. But they didn't find her. She seems terrific. What's the catch? There is no catch. I think she's great. She chose them. Never let an attractive woman take a power position in your home. All I'm saying is you have to watch your back. Now, their innocence is her opportunity. He has your eyes, you know. Do you really think so? Their trust. Peyton's been great. Has she? I don't know what we would have done without her. Is her weapon. If something happens to my mommy, you take care of me. Of course I would. And their destruction. There's only one woman for me. That's all you need. Her triumph. When your husband makes love to you, it's my face he sees. Get out of our house. She's turning on me, Michael, just like you said she would. Call the police. Claire, calm down. You don't know what she's capable of. Claire! Anyone can have an accident. Michael? What goes around comes around. Rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. It's my family. The hand that rocks the cradle. Do you know why I didn't see this movie the first time it came out? Uh, because you were extremely young. I was young, but I was into another movie in 1992 that I watched on repeat over and over again. Like every year I have a movie that I'm mm -hmm. like, that's my movie. And like, that's the movie I just watch over and over again as opposed to watching a whole bunch of new movies. Got it. Nice. I know you. I know the, how this works. What's the movie? The Cutting Edge. <gasps> I love The Cutting Edge as well. Totally. 
Topic. Love that movie. Yeah. So basically, that what took was the name of the move. 92. What was the name of the move at the end? The Bamchenko. Where, where he just like flung her around and she just like landed. No, it's it didn't even it defied her in the it air. defied aerodynamics and gravity. <laughs> she just like went. She spun in circles like eight <laughs> times and then she somehow landed. It was the Bamchenko. Yeah, the, the movie is good. I, I would say my, my favorite part of the movie is the part where he has to go home and tell like his family. No, he goes home and tells his like home bar. You remember? Yes. Every, everyone's at the bar, and he has to say like, "I've been, I've been doing a little, I've been doing a little figure skating." What do you say? You've been doing what? Finger painting? <laughs> yeah. There was a sequel to that too, right? I don't remember if there was. If it there was, was horrible. I didn't see it. It was horrible. Don't do it. No. But anyway, that took up a lot of time, so I didn't get to see The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. So The Hand That Rocks the Cradle on IMDb, the logline is, after her humili- hum- humiliated, humiliated. Justin can read words. Hu- humiliated. That one's a hard one for me. Humiliated? Why is it so hard? That. <laughs> husband kills himself. Un, what the fudge? Why can't you read tonight? No, here I am. I'm closer. Embittered, pregnant widow loses her child and embarks on a mission of vengeance against a woman and her family. I can't read this. I can see that. It's it's a good look at this. I always remember the poster. I don't think I ever saw the poster up until now. So on the poster, it's like a family photo in black and white of sepia. The, it's sepia. The, is it is it sepia? It looks pretty sepia. Of the main family in the movie, mm-hmm. and then Rebecca De Mornay's character is like tearing through the photo, like, mm-hmm. the shining through the door style. She's like, "Hello." Also, I didn't know that embittered was a word, and I'm a vocab nerd. I thought that you know, embattled is a word or bitter, but embittered. Yeah, the, the, whoever wrote this log line should be fired <laughs> for this. Mainly because you couldn't. A read lot of big it. words. <laughs> a lot of big words. So, uh, so yeah, so the hand that rocks the cradle, six point six on IMDb, came out in nineteen ninety two. I think it's a little low. Uh, is a lifetime movie with a bigger budget. Yes. Right. Yes. Totally. Okay. Chrissy. Yeah. What do you think overall? I liked it. High five. <laughs> I also like this movie. It's a good movie. Twinsies. Okay. What do you like about it? Well, first of all, I, I I always have this weird fascination with Rebecca De Mornay. Um, weird as in she's super hot. Yeah, like it made me feel weird when I was younger. Like in your nether regions, weird. What like, are you talking about like what was the movie where she jumps off the cliff? Also in the nineties. Th- that makes you. That, that does not. <laughs> <laughs> no. So you remember? So wait. You remember that movie where she jumps off the cliff? That's totally <laughs> hot, right? <laughs> Hold on, I can explain it if you can just tell me. Well, the I told of the you movie. we talked about it in our risky business episode that I, that was like one of those movies. I was like mm-hmm. turning point, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. No, help me. I don't remember the one where she jumps off a cliff, Chrissy. <laughs> Justin. And if there is one, I've blocked it from my mind. Is it like Robin Hood or something? Is she in one of those? Uh, or not... Three Musketeers? Was that a thing? She might have been in the Three Musketeers. Maybe it was that. But yeah. I remember seeing it, and uh, I, I don't know how old I was. I must have been like older elementary school, whatevs. Anyway, she was so beautiful, and and there was like a sultriness about her that I hadn't yet like discovered 
<laughs> and didn't know like what to do with. And it was like, oh, oh, like that's what a pretty woman is. And like that's the way it should be. And like I don't think I could ever live up to that, but I'm fascinated by it. Whoa. Yeah. You had like lady boners for her. So I don't know if I would call lady boners. It was more of a, because I wasn't like That's attracted just... to her. It was more like a, like a, awakening. Wow. Yeah. An awakening. That's the way to put it. Yeah. Are you looking up her filmography? Yeah. I don't see any, uh, look in the 90s. You're in the 2000s. I'm going down the 90s. Uh, there's, so, okay. So there's yeah, backdraft. So I, I loved her in backdraft. She's good um, in that. Was it never three musketeers? Stranger? Oh, she was in the Three Musketeers. Yes, that's she was the, the Countess. With, that's the one with Charlie Sheen, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that movie's horrible. I know. No wonder I, I saw totally it, forgot. I saw it in the one. theater, and she was also in Never Talk to Strangers, which was another one of those movies. We were like, oh, oh I um, feel strange about this, but in a good way. So I'm a Rebecca De Mornay fan. Like I said, Ew. Risky Business, um, uh, Sex on the Train, Sex like the they open the those doors and the wind comes in with the leaves mm-hmm. very sensual i i also have had an awakening chrissy oh no i'm learning new things about so rebecca de mornay's the wake the awakening in chrissy i just looked up never talk to strangers that one was one that i got dragged to by a friend and her mom who was kind of like whatever blase, i have definitely seen that movie i saw that movie when it came out in the theater i was 12 not quite 12 somewhere around there Man. Yeah. <laughs> that was a mistake. You really liked Rebecca de Mornay. No, no, no. She didn't know. The mom was like, You're like 11. Let's go You're see like, this movie. So I saw this one movie she, where she jumped off a cliff. No. And I was like, Ooh la la. So this mom was super into, um, I think, uh, what's his name? Antonio Banderas. She's like, Let's go see the new Antonio Banderas movie. And mm. we were like, Okay. And so me and her daughter, my best friend at the time, went. And then we sat there and we quickly realized this was not kid appropriate, but she was kind of like, can you guys be cool? Can you be cool? And we were like, yes, we can. We can be cool. <laughs> That's the one where she was the psychologist, right? Yep. Nice. Yeah. So what do you think of Hand of the Rock's Cradle? And we keep talking about other movies. You, you liked it. Yes, what I did. did. What did you like about it? Okay, well, first of all, I like her. And and the reason I bring her up, not just because of all the other things, is because I can't imagine this role being done with anybody else at this time. Maybe in a reboot, sure. But then she was so perfect in this embittered, because that's a word, uh, a woman who you know had her fiancé, not fiancé, excuse me, husband, commit suicide after he was fondling uh, women in his OBGYN practice. Yeah. That's a thing, by the way. Yeah, I, as a kid, seeing that I, I, you know, wasn't fully aware as to exactly what was going on. Uh, but now looking back, that's crazy. Both of these movies that we watch start very uh, traumatically. Yes, and you know what they both have in common that I like about both of them? I don't know who to root for. Like, I know who I'm supposed to root for. But I don't know who to root for because I I enjoy the villain so much that I'm like maybe I root for them because I kind of enjoy them. Oh my gosh, Chrissy! Yeah, so you like psychopaths? More like sociopaths. Mm. Oh, we'll talk about the second movie. Okay, yeah. But as far as this is concerned, yeah. So she was perfect in it, and also because she was so perfect, it, it was like. Oh my god! I might root for her. I might actually root for her because she's crazy to the hilt, like perfect level of crazy. There is no other crazy. Although I was afraid she was going to hurt the kid, the baby, and I was like, "Oh, don't hurt the baby." That's the one thing I don't want you to do is hurt the baby. But like other things, I might be okay with because you're crazy, woman. 
Oh my gosh, Chrissy. So you're saying don't hurt the baby, but everyone else in the family is is fair game. Well, you know what it is? I also have a problem when protagonists make stupid choices. You know this. Oh, well, I just Jesus dropped Jesus Christ, Chrissy. Well, you know, so it goes. I just, I have this a- This is a mistake. Okay. We're, we're actually, we're podcasting on our bed. <laughs> I have a hard time- Oh, yeah. Just don't let that go by. Just let's simmer in that, Chrissy. We're on our bed podcasting. You, you wanted, you proposed a naked podcast. <laughs> it's because I'm hot. You were like- Chrissy, hey, what it's if we hot do out there, man. a naked podcast? And I'll, I shrugged. I was like, whatever. And you were like, okay, after you. And this is how practical we are. I looked at him and I'm like, I have to walk the dog later. Right? Kids, you can't say I, I, I don't try. Naked podcasting. Come on. Could be the new trend. Super sexy. Everyone's doing it. So you had an awakening in Rebecca de Mornay. And no, even I, she's I was talking playing about the protagonist a, thing. A sociopath. Yes. So listen, I hate it when protagonists are either so predictable that it's dumb or that they just make really stupid choices. And it makes me want to root for the villain. So the pro- the main problem with Hand That Rocks the Cradle is it hinges on a exactly what you're talking about. This family makes a decision that I can't see anyone making in the real like in the real world. Which decision specifically? Cuz they made a few. So the the main one, which is so at the start of the movie, uh, Annabella Shiora is that how she says Shiora? Sure, Shiora, uh. Shiora, <laughs> Annabella Shiora. Her character um, is molested at her new Obi Joanne's office. Right. She goes home to her husband. You know, confesses that what just tells them everything that happens, and they press charges to get this against this doctor who's a douche hole. Yeah, he he doesn't use a glove. That's what he does. He's really know. gross. Yeah, he's the worst. Um, but he uh, so they press charges. He kills himself, and then his wife at the time, who was pregnant, uh, re- played by Rebecca De Mornay, uh, breaks down, miscarries. Not quite miscarries. She has early labor. Early labor, and so the baby's born and doesn't make it. And doesn't make it. It's very traumatic. It's very sad, actually. It's, I mean, that's the first, what, five minutes of the movie? Yeah. So that's how this movie starts. And then fast forward, you know, however amount of time. And Rebecca De Mornay's character basically shows up, like, on their doorstep and says, Hey. Uh, I heard you need-, need a nanny. I'd like to be that na- nanny. Yeah. She, and- she's like, what agency are you from? She's like, I don't have an agency. I just want to be your nanny. Oh, come right in. <laughs> There's our baby over there. Can you spend the night? Cool. We like you so much. Would you like to come to dinner? It happens in two, like, it happens that day. And Pretty much. She moves in the next day. You know, in the 90s, I know we were all I was all carded for beer today, and that's more identification <laughs> than what was, you know, provided by this sociopath woman. So Right? What I was going to say is, like, um, you know, in the past, we didn't have this big connection with the internet like we have now in 1995 whatever oh 1992 even worse right mm-hmm. but people could run background checks like that was a thing or just ask for your id like can't okay you want to move in and watch my children and, and stuff right can i see your id also was her a ralph's real? reward card <laughs> no back then it was um price club price club yeah it was uh food line or the a and p Back in North Carolina. Uh, okay, there you go. There you go. Um, so anyway, 
I was going to say, oh, was her real name even Peyton? Uh, I think it was because you remember uh, later they were looking on the microfiche. Yes. There's some mi- some sleuthing on the microfiche, which is always great. In, I love in, that in whenever they do that. Movies. I want to see a compilation on John Oliver of and now this of all these characters looking at solving mysteries on microfiche. <laughs> I, I always went to like the microfiche area because I thought that that's where all the mysteries could be solved <laughs> or, or found. I thought that too when I was in journalism in college and one of our things was like, okay, now you have to do microfiche research. I was so excited for that. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to uncover shit. It's going to be great. <laughs> Just leave me, guys. Just leave me. I'm going to be here for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Got a pillow. I'm going to solve Hang out something. with me and my microfiche. Um. So yeah, the so the whole fact that this family would totally hire this woman off the street without knowing nothing about her, no Anything. kind of application, no kind of background credit check, nothing. <laughs> credit check. Uh and she instantly starts ruining their lives from from like moment 1. Right. And and the mom kind of knows. She's like, "I don't get it. Like ever since she came around, like things are not going well for me." <laughs> Everything seems to kind of be going awry, and she's the only common thread. And her husband, who I can't decide if secretly he really did want to bang her, is like, no, like it's not her. Well, she isn't she great. So she lives with them, but she's always like late at night at the fridge in her really tight around the the bustier, the bustier, no negligee, the boobs. She's got the net like the tight. You can see things, Chrissy, is what Yeah, I'm you can. Especially so, when they, she was all wet after running outside. Remember that scene later oh, on? Yes. How could I forget? <laughs> How forget? Justin had an awakening. Would you Would you be okay with a super hot Rebecca De Mornay nanny in the house, Chrissy? I'm secure to a fault. Especially if I had like a, a really cool... Brawny man beard, beard? Brawny man beard. Yeah, I don't know about that. But, I mean, if you're asking me but like for real... I'm kind of secure to a fault. We had a really, really hot housekeeper once, remember? Oh, we did. Yeah. So, like, meh. That's different, though. She was just here for like an hour a day. <laughs> this, and not this, every day. It was like once this, every this couple one, weeks. This one moves in. And she, like I said, she goes to ice cream in her negligee at night. I would I would have to have a talk. I'm not sure about that. A talk with who? Her? Probably both of you. Separately, of course. Uh-huh. And well, I'd be like, hey. You lay down the the, the right act? What would you say? Well, okay. Okay, I'm her. You're her? Okay, you ready? Yeah. Hello, 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 Miss Chrissy. She's from Brazil. I'm like, oh. Uh, hello, Miss Chrissy. Hey, Peyton. I am... I am she, hey, Giselle. I am 2015 <laughs> Brazilian Bum Bum Champion. <laughs> I now watch your kids. I now watch your kids. I'm just getting some ice cream. So, girl, my, we... My bra. Can we my, have... My panty set. Let's have <laughs> a lady-to-lady chat. But this is a Victoria's Secret. Okay, thank you. Thank you for telling me. That's awesome. So, can we have a quick lady-to-lady chat? Oh, yes. yes. So, I here's the deal. Friends. You know I love you, right? I, I, I think that you're awesome, and so this is not a cut. If anything, man, I'm jealous that I can't rock it the way you do. But, well, you're do me a favor. Attractive. Watch 
when you when you go out late at night to like have a snack or something or, or you you know you leave your room basically just watch because you know little ears and eyes are around and sometimes they get out and you know i just don't want to make them feel awkward like they see you and they're like oh oh she's not wearing you know like the clothes that they're used to seeing who are, you in who are your little ears and eyes yeah what you know you kids about? the kids oh okay yeah okay so if you could just like put on a robe that would be awesome and like I said, I wish I could rock it the way you do. I'm totally jealousies. But please put on a robe. By the way, your husband's really sexy. Oh, thanks for noticing. That's awesome. Cool. Okay. Okay. Can I have him? Yeah. Okay. Now you're going to go back to your... Get out of my way, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then there's fisticuffs. Yeah. And then to you, I'd be like, okay, we need to sit down. <laughs> Good to know. I'm glad I, I'm glad I know how you would react in that situation. Super diplomatically. <laughs> I was about to say in uh, conversations, one of my favorite parts about this movie um, when I was younger is the fact that Rebecca De Mornay's character learns from the younger kid in the family that she's being bullied at school. Mm, yes. And so Rebecca De Mornay's character one day just shows up out of the blue on the playground, just walks right in. This is pre-9-11, by the way. Just walks right into the playground. No teachers anywhere. And uh, threatens the fuck out of this boy. I got a message for you, Roth. Leave Emma alone. Look okay. at me. If you don't, I'm gonna rip your fucking head off. It is a hundred percent my mother, by the way. Like th- threatens to kill him. Yeah, no, that's my mother. Your mother would do that. Oh my god, yes. Like, really? Oh, there were a few times when I was having a really hard time at school, like various grade levels, and. You knew when so she, she showed up, it was bad news. She didn't even get a visitor's pass or anything? She just walked right in? I went to a private school. You didn't need a visitor's pass. Private schools don't value safety of their students? What does well, that mean? When we show up at Brooklyn School, I mean, like, I don't think people are getting visitor passes. It's, it was a small school. Like, you know, you just walk in. Wow. So, I mean, they knew, like, she comes in. mom was, the, like, the enforcer of the school. No, like, she came on the yard. She, there may have been a yard aider by. She, like, waves hi, like, hi, you know, and then she keeps going. Mm-hmm. And then she, to the where we all are. And then she's like, which one? And then I point her out. And she walked up to this girl who was like her height, because my mom was really short, but we were in third grade and this girl was gargantuan. Mm-hmm. And she got like right in her face and she was like, she's like, listen, I heard that you're giving my kid a hard time. And, the, and she was like, no, other people are. And she's like, okay, well, that's good because now you're going to be her protector. And if a single hair on her head is ever harmed, guess who I'm coming after? You. Because this is your job now. You better treat it like your goddamn job. And I was like, oh my God. Jesus Christ. Oh, it was amazing. There were a few episodes like that. That was just one. So the the woman in here had some obviously PTSD, but all those kids your mom talked to like that, they're probably still, they haven't. Around middle going, school, going it got hard because people are like, is your mommy going to fight your battles for you? And I'm like, maybe. <laughs> What? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I can identify with Rebecca De Mornay a little bit. I she's not all bad. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a Dr. Phil segment. Like <laughs> I'm I'm so and so years old and my mom's still, you know, <laughs> bullying people that talk badly to me. <laughs> um, what else did you like about uh Heat of the Rock's Cradle? The so- the escalation. How it, it, you know, it's it's escalating to a point where you, from the minute she arrives, like you were saying earlier, things go awry, but it's reaching its kind of fever pitch. Uh, and when the best friend played by Julianne Moore 
or actually not well maybe not best friend best ex-girlfriend of the husband yeah yeah one of the uh, one of the other best parts about the movie by the yeah, way yeah she's so good young julia moore I'm really young but you could tell that okay that's she's already well on her way to uh some some great acting work totally and also one of those people who was smarter than a lot of the people around her like mm-hmm. she she knew something was up yep Yep. Yep. And that's why she met an untimely demise in a greenhouse. Was yeah, it, she really did. Was that a greenhouse? It was a greenhouse. Yeah. Yeah. That was weird. It was weird. Because w- when you watch the, the stunt happen, it's just like, oh, some All like glass glasses falls. Fall, and then it cuts to her. She's like, oh, man, she's dead. Yeah, you didn't expect her to be like dead from that. You know, hurt, sure. Yeah. You know, bloody. But like nobody that I would think reasonably would expect her to be just totally killed off by that as opposed to the other main death in this movie involving a fence where you're like okay if you fall on a fence like that you fall off a house onto a fence yeah 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 uh you might die that yeah that's a little more obvious 63 percent on rotten tomatoes the hand that rocks cradle that's pretty good that's not bad not at all i want to see this rebooted though on lifetime with like a new cast hasn't hasn't it already been rebooted? <laughs> I feel like there's been at least 40 of of these in some very similar vein. Maybe. Yeah. Entirely possible. I have to ask you about one of the more problematic uh, parts of this movie. Oh, okay. And that is uh, the character that Ernie Hudson plays of Solomon. Oh, yeah. What do you think of that whole role? Subplot? Role and subplot. I, I have dichotomous feelings about it. Dichotomous feelings. Explain. Um, so on one hand, if I'm going to look at it through the lens of like through the plot, he services it well that he is able to be, you know, uh, the hero at the end, even though obviously he was a scapegoat throughout. So from just as a plot device, like, sure, great. Keep him in. It works. Right. I have some problems on the more cultural sensitivity side of it. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, I don't know. I, movies now, I think we're we're a little more, you know, awake, and we're we're not quite so. Like back then, it was just I I I, I, I there was there was racism. I mean, not that there isn't now. Obviously, there's plenty of racism now, but no racism is over. Have oh God, no. That's what Fox News. Yeah, is. clearly, God, Fox News. But anyway, is it really news? It's not. I digress. But back then, it just seemed like it was more, if not obvious, more accepted. Like, oh, look at this. We're just going to have this racist kind of subplot where they're, you know, they are employing a mentally handicapped black man to to work for them. And then, you know, he... I feel like there's no way for this to fully succeed, just how, how it was written. Yeah. And the fact that Ernie Hudson, you know, Ernie Hudson of Ghostbusters fame was the one to do it. I was just like, oh, man, Ernie Hudson... Very sad. Yeah. I definitely had moments, especially when the family's like patronizing him, you know, when he is still in their in their employee uh, employ and then when he's no longer how, you know, the, he's obviously shunned and, and, you know, and poor him. It, like he his only arc is to like want to be accepted and loved by them, by the white family. So I definitely had a hard time with that. Mm-hmm. But that's what I mean about the dichotomous feeling. Like I understand having that character to service the plot, but could that character not have just been a mentally handicapped white person, or or no, why did he specifically have to be black? I just feel like it made it worse. Have you seen the other sister with uh, Juliet Lewis? Yes. No. 
Okay. I know about it though. She's is she mentally handicapped in that movie? Uh, yes. Got it. She have. I forget. Yeah, that's always. I just it's it's hard to do do something like. I think of um the guy in there's something about Mary, mm-hmm. that plays her brother. Yeah. I always thought I assumed that that, that guy w- was real that he wasn't acting because he was so good at it. Oh, but he's not. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You're yeah. not. You you see this? You're like, oh, that's Ernie Hudson playing a you know that role, right? And, and not oh, they hired they hired someone with uh you know autism or somebody with Down syndrome or that's somebody a good with point blah, blah, blah. too. You know, and I and I you're right. I didn't bring that up, but but that is a good point. And I think who really broke the the barrier with that was um I'm forgetting I can't remember the actress's name, but the she has Down syndrome and she was on Glee. Yes. You know. Yes. That perfect example. So I mean this this is this is a rabbit hole of a topic. And no, it really is because we could get into this whole thing of like okay, so do we cast people because of their disabilities or you know is that is that does that have to be their calling card? How terrible for them can they just be an actor anyway? So this was problematic to his, have his character this role. is other than uh the main character of Claire mm-hmm. who who gets put through the ringer as well. Yeah, he goes through, through through some shit, and then he shows up at the end out of the blue That's in, what I mean. in the middle of the night, where you're like, Wait, he what? just wanted to protect them and want How their approval. That's all he wanted. Do you um? So you know who the dad, other than having a mighty fine beard? Do you remember him? The beard was crazy. No, he, Lloyd Braun from Did you watch Seinfeld? Uh, like some episodes, but I didn't he's want the to one. Watch it, watch he's it. the one that sold uh, helped sell um computers out of uh, George Costanza's dad's van for a while i didn't see that and uh his dad always thought that uh, lloyd braun was like the better son better son and he would tell george like why can't you be more like lloyd braun anyway it's kind of weird and he's also in a couple of police academy movies as well oh um, there you go but his character through the movie was kind of a deal hole he was kind yeah. of an idiot mm-hmm. no no he was right completely so not very smart. No, because she, Claire, was having a hard time, obviously. And remember I said earlier he was like defending He was kind of like Rebecca? you. He was blinded by the awakening in him <laughs> that that this car- this this woman was Yeah. Providing. He was. He was e- and he was he was overly malleable in general by by her, by Juliet uh Moore. Juliet, I'm sorry, I'm saying Julianne Moore. You know, it's obvious that he was just kind of like along for the ride of wherever he was or whoever he was with. So, of course, when the shit hit the fan, you can't count on him to be like clutch because he's along for the ride. Like, you need to carry him. I just keep going back to the main character. So she's molested by her doctor, has, you know, obvious PTSD that she's working through. Then this woman comes in her life, tries to steal her, her baby her younger daughter by showing her scary movies at night and her husband by going to the refrigerator in lingerie and yeah. a gown. That's scary, Chrissy. That's it's, frightening. It's almost scarier than earthquakes. No, it's not. Nothing is scarier than earthquakes. Nothing. What if this was happening during Except an earthquake? Except maybe roaches. Except maybe roaches. I can't. Roaches, Chrissy. Nope. Also in this movie, a lot of breastfeeding. A lot. That was like, a big theme. Like, it's like <laughs> 40% of the movie is breastfeeding. Those are some very impressive. War, the warring of breastfeeding. That Rebecca DeMornay has. Impre- did you say impressive breasts? I did. 
You're still talking about Rebecca De Mornay. You just brought up All breastfeeding. All these lady boners for her. You just brought up breastfeeding. Okay. Well, you don't have to sexualize it that way, Chris. I'm not trying to, but she whips her boob out most of the time. They both kind of whip their boobs out a couple times. True. Yeah. That's true. The thing I have to ask is, is that like, do they have like a stunt boob where the baby's like at the boob? Like, or is I, that? I have a feeling the baby's not actually nursing, Justin. <laughs> One time they show like some like no no I don't remember that did you invent that did that happen <laughs> is, is the baby asleep and they're just like pressing its they nose? might have like a pacifier Rebe- Rebecca De Mornay's like like bump. like I, I don't head. really know how stage the, breastfeeding the, works Justin the baby well I'm trying to dig deep and figure this out Chrissy I mean it's forty percent of this movie if we don't talk about it people are gonna be like. Why don't they talk about all the the breastfeeding? In this I mean, movie? more maybe we talk about the more of, more of the fact that it's creepy that somebody else who you didn't give explicit permission to is breastfeeding your child. So she moves in. Her character moves in. The crazy sociopath woman moves in, sets an alarm clock for three o'clock in the morning. Wakes up, goes and starts breastfeeding. The middle of the night feed. Breastfeeding. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like from minute one. Do you remember like, what my reaction was? By the way, when I saw that. Boy, yo, 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 yo. <laughs> No. Lady boners. No. My reaction you were was confu- like... You were sexually confused. No. My reaction like, was... <laughs> now if she was only jumping off a cliff, this would be perfect. <laughs> no, what was your reaction? My reaction was, can we go back in time and have this happen to me? Because I would have loved for somebody to take over the middle of the night feed so I could sleep. I would have been all about that. <laughs> I'd be like, you gotta take girl... take the good, you take the bad... <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to apologize. You want to set your alarm for three facts in the morning and take care of that for me? That'd be great. But Chrissy, she was a sociopath. <laughs> yeah, but the kid was fed. <laughs> I was getting my sleep, she man. Getting some sleep. I wasn't turning into a sociopath, so win-win. Right? A lot of breastfeeding. Yes. A lot of breastfeeding in this movie. Um, other than that, is there anything we haven't talked about? Would you recommend this to oh, people totally. at home? Yes. Totally. Yes. All you ladies out there with young babies, drink a glass of wine and watch this one and yell at the screen. This is one that you yell at the screen at. A lot of times you're like, no, what are you doing? Or, oh, stupid. Or, yes. Um, if you have asthma, uh, the main oh, character in this movie might has give you. asthma and it comes up several several times as yeah, well. It might give you um, uh, anxiety if you have asthma, PS- asthma PTSD. and you watch this. Yeah. Um, also... <laughs> This movie has one of the weirdest endings uh, ever. So what happens is she dies, of course, you know. Because she had to. Um, But Ernie Hudson's character is there, and they're like, oh, thank you, Ernie Hudson, whatever. Uh, Or no, the main character, the woman, is like, thank you, with her her daughter. Right. But the husband is like, nowhere to be seen. (laughs) He broke his leg. He's downstairs in the basement. But she doesn't know that. So she does. Huh? Yes, she does. She does what? That he broke his leg in the basement. She went down there and he was like, my leg is broken. You're going to have to go get. But so she knows he's down there, but yes. they they don't go back to him at all. That's the weird part. Yeah. That, that she's just like, well, let's go on with our lives, Ernie Hudson. And like, I'm like, your husband is That's still down saying. there with a broken it leg. Comes out like he's like, he he's, I mean, he's definitely the hero. He comes in and saves the day at the, at the last minute in the, in the middle of night. And then you don't even see the husband could be dead from a so like, from his wh- leg but, break. But they were in the attic. So 
think of the difference now with basement versus attic. Should they have had him like crawling up on his arms, like all of a sudden he had, enters the attic? No, and they're, they and they're like, yeah, you made just, it. <laughs> <laughs> they could do. They could just do a smash cut to they walk down to the basement and they're like, hey, she's dead. Ah, high five, and that's the end. It's like them doing a high five or something. <laughs> what would be the sequel? Like maybe she's not dead, or maybe she has a twin sister. When the hand rocks the casket. <laughs> when the hand rocks the casket, is that a known phrase as well? She's alive. Did you know, I didn't even know this phrase exists. The phrase is, oh, that's not even the phrase. You're looking for it though, aren't you? That one of the uh, characters in the movie is like, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. I've never heard that in my I life. I haven't either. Where do you get that from? But I was like, oh, yeah, you know, that known thing that people say all the time. The tagline of the poster is, trust is her weapon, innocence, her opportunity, revenge, her only desire. So you know what? I think that, that kind of sums up what I enjoyed about it with her specifically. And this is, and I said this to you when we were watching it, and this is, is going to sound terrible. I have an appreciation for good manipulation. Like, when, if you see it happening, like, this is why I watch Big Brother the social game of people who are master manipulators i'm like wow it just kind of freaks me out and wows me so she was that duplicitous type too that i'm like wow so i think that's a part of it this movie made uh cost 11.7 million to make grossed 88 million at the box office there you go so yeah quite a few people went to see it um I, fa- I found this interesting in the IMDb trivia section. Rebecca de Mornay had actually been angling for the part of Tinkerbell in Hook. Losing the role to Julia Roberts prompted her to actively seek something a little darker instead. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. Good movie. Go Agreed. S- definitely go check it out if you have it. Um, what would you give it? Uh, B. B? Yeah. It is a good B movie. Yeah. It'd be minus for me. Um, all right. Cool. Yay. What's the next movie, Chris? Dead Calm. Dead Calm from 1989. Mm-hmm. Alone on a sea of endless calm. It was easy to imagine they were the only two people on Earth. But into their perfect world, there came... A stranger. Stand off! Tried to take her across the Pacific. On your own? No. There were six of us. Yeah, this died ten days ago. I'm going on board her. Can't do that. He's fast asleep. He won't even know. God, you're pretty. What about those people, huh? There wasn't any food poisoning, was there? Go away! You think I'm making this up? No, I don't. You sound so much like them, Ray! It's scary! Dead calm. A voyage into fear from the makers of the road warrior and mad max 
Nicole Kidman, who we said earlier, along with Billy Zane, who I didn't know who was in this until we started watching it. Billy Zane and Sam Neill. The the logline on IMDb says, after a tragedy, John Ingram and his wife, Ray, spend some time isolated at sea when they come across a stranger who has abandoned a sinking ship. Dead calm, Chrissy. I have to ask you. Yes. The movie starts with a very sad sequence of losing a child, right? And yes. Every no matter what happens, once you're a parent, you see any sort of like child loss in a movie. Like I don't know if you're me, you cry. Like it's just an instant tear thing, right? Yes. Having now watched the entire movie, I'm like, was that necessary? Did they have what was the point of starting out with the dead kid? Like. And how that happened and how traumatizing and terrible it was. Like, couldn't we have just opened with them on the boat and, like, they're on vacation or something? Well, it it paints the state that she's in. So she, you know, the woman in the first movie was molested by her OBGYN. So she was not in a good state. This woman's son, (laughs) son died. So her husband's like, okay, to cheer up, I'm going to take her to the middle of the ocean. And she can, we can swim. I'm just saying, like, why fish. Why didn't they just end up in the middle of the ocean? Like, oh, we're on a vacation. Or, oh, like, life is stressful. Like, let's do this. Like, I don't understand why there had to be this whole, like, beginning plot of losing a child. And I'm like, whoa, that's heavy. And it didn't have anything to do with anything, as it turned out. Well, when you lose one of your family members at the beginning, and then something happens that threatens losing another when you be just like, oh, like you turn into like the Incredible Rage. Hulk. Like, stop this universe, you know? This, so. Let, More let's, to come. This, let me get your, your opinion. I'm listening. I want your overall opinion before I, I give you my quick opinion on this movie. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, my overall opinion of the movie? Yeah. yeah. Very confusing. Very confusing? Yeah, I enjoyed it. And, and I... <laughs> stayed awake <laughs> i always wanted to know what was going to happen next and i was very curious to see where it was going but in my curiosity to see where it was going i kept going like what is happening <laughs> you're like who what's the motivation of this person or like is that person crazy or like just going along with it and so i had a lot of questions throughout it made you think good go on even though it held my attention okay nicole kidman was not my favorite part of the movie actually even though i, I love nicole what was your favorite of the movie? Billy Zane. So this is the movie with Billy Zane in it where he goes crazy. <laughs> yeah. Crazy young Billy Zane. So young. Um, crazy. Like how young? I don't even know. I, this movie came out in 89. I probably haven't seen it since like 90, 91 or something. But I always remember this as the one where Nicole Kidman kicks Billy Zane's ass, <laughs> which is awesome. True. It's it's nice to see a like she's the main character in this movie. Sam Neill is in this movie, but he's kind of like sidelined, like you know, major Hollywood pictures sidelined female characters usually. Yes, agreed. So she goes through the ringer and she goes through some major shit, but she is the main character of the movie and she does beat his ass in the end. So she does. But it takes her a while to get there, and she makes dumb choices along the way. And she seems somewhat helpless. Oh Well, she she rose to the occasion. But she definitely had times where she's like, oh, you want me to stop the boat? Oh, I don't know how. And like things like that, where I'm like... Well, she's got to say it like that, because it's more sexy that way. What do you give me that look for? Really? Really? You didn't have an awakening uh, with Nicole Kidman as well? Well, I've had other movies, but not this one. But 
but you know what I'm saying? Like things like that where I'm like, no, that's not what you say. If you say, I don't know how it could, you could be upset about it. You'd be like, I don't know how, like I'll figure it out or something. But she's just like, Oh no. Like there's, so there she, not only she's, does her character beat Billy Zane's character's ass in this yes, movie. She got better. She also, um, sails the hell off a boat for good, for, you know, true. Which saves the day of her husband who was in a sinking other boat for a good portion of this movie. True. She No. No, I'm just torn on her. Like she But then again, she does make dumb some dumb decisions. Right. But that's what a movie is. I was if she just made a smart say, decision, it would be like 15 minutes long. I w- you, I was just going to say that. It's not so much that she makes dumb choices as that she makes confusing choices. Well, and again, she's she went through a lot of trauma recently, so I know. so the confusing choices clear. make sense. I guess there you go. You're welcome, like writer, the, like writer the whole, Terry Hayes of this movie. Like the whole thing where she's like, maybe if I seduce him, then you know, I'll I'll what? I'm like, is she gonna kill him? Is she going to try to like get him on her side so she can convince him to go back to the husband? Like, what is her end game here? And and because I, I maybe it was just the way it was told the from the you know the story telling device of being told from her point of view we never really knew but i was like i just never really knew where she was headed or what her motivation was for for the choices she made so whether or not they were good choices that's not even what i'm getting into it's just that i didn't know the why and i wanted to know why she definitely had sex with billy zane yes she did uh i know a lot of people talk about the fact that that happens and that it seems like surprising it's it's very surprising because he's so young. He is so young. So young. Never, she was young too, though, by the way. Never trust Billy Zane on a boat, on a boat at all. <laughs> it's a bad idea. You know what's really funny? You read my mind throughout this thing. I was like, what's Billy Zane got with like sinking ships and boats and like being the bad guy on them? It's kind of amazing. I Don't get me wrong. I love it. But <laughs> is this your motif? He thinks it's all real. It's kind of like a Truman Show thing. <laughs> they just put him on a boat like, this boat's sinking too. What are you going to do? Uh, I mean, he was he was an he's an asshole in Titanic, but he's an actual psychopath in this movie. He decapitates women. So that well, Chris, that's, that's not like an everyday type. Occurrence. Well, that's my next question. Do we know that he was the one who actually decapitated the women on those boat? Because that guy on the video who was yelling at him the whole time was pretty combative as well. So I'm like, maybe he didn't do it. Maybe the other guy did it, and that it set him off and made made him crazy. I couldn't quite tell. I mean, he's definitely of not right mind right. throughout this movie. Obviously. Um, but I, yeah, I think he's the one that killed, like. You think so? I think he did. Yikes. But then if that's the case. twice, so. But if that's the case, then why didn't he, he do Nicole Kidman in earlier and really murder her? Because if you're a killer, like, he had actually multiple opportunities where he could have. But instead, he'd just, like, wink at her and he'd be like, friends. <laughs> So that's what Weak I mean. emoji. That's what I mean about this movie being confusing. Like it kept making me second guess where I'd be like, okay, so maybe he's not like a murderer. Maybe he's just like psycho, you yeah. know? And I couldn't quite figure out if, and well, and those two things aren't mutually exclusive, but you know, I, I couldn't figure it out. It ended and I still couldn't, I still don't know the answers to my questions. Oh, what was your major question at the end? The, oh, just everything. Like, was he a psychopath? Did, I mean, obviously he had mental issues, but was it that? Or was he an actual murderer? What happened on the other boat? Who was the guy on the video? What were they doing? Was he also somehow held captive by this guy who kept saying, you're just a dancer, like dance, monkey, dance? And then that made him snap? No? Okay. 
what about you, Sam Neil? Like you left and then you were like, I guess that's it. And then Nicole Kidman, are you never going to tell him about what happened and, and with having to have sex with him? I don't know. I had questions. Oh, I guess all my questions like, like yours kind of just flittered away with one of the most amazing deaths in all film history. It's pretty good. <laughs> I love that we both started laughing out loud. Oh, it was so good. So he's shot in the face with a flare gun, right? Yes. And somehow it, it's like it like blows up his cheeks like he's a blowfish. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> like you don't have to watch I, I would recommend Hand in the Rock's Cradle over Dead Calm. Me too. Um I like Dead Calm, but you could almost just watch that scene and your your life would be instantly better for the next 10 minutes. I feel like there's got to be a YouTube compilation. If you can find a YouTube compilation of this movie, that will service all your needs. You don't need to watch the whole thing. Um, I do like her kicking him, kicking his ass. I agree. Um, the sex scene is weird. It is weird. Because um, she, they're both very young. She looks like a, a different person. Yeah. It, it, it's funny because you start to wonder like of what she did to herself or like how she now looks so different from then. Yeah. Because I feel like most people who don't have a ton of work done, they if you look at younger pictures of themselves, unless they gain a lot of weight or something, you're like, you know, that, I mean, it looks like a version of you. The only thing that really looked like her was her pallor and her eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And her voice. He has lots of fine looking hair in this movie he had good hair back then thin face he's not mm-hmm. puffy no yet. no um chrissy obviously her favorite movie is titanic so she loves him in that but other than this movie which he, he is he is good in there's a movie that we have to watch called tells from the crypt demon night okay with him in it okay he is amazing in that <laughs> I, th- I think of that as my Billy Zane trilogy. So Well, then that means, must mean he's great in everything he does because I haven't heard of a bad Billy Zane. Yeah. Even Derek Zoolander knows that. So what are you making that face for? Because I don't know what you're talking about. Have you seen the movie Zoolander? No. You haven't seen Zoolander? No. <sighs> I know about the school for ants thing. What is this? A center for ants! How can we be expected to teach children to learn how to read if they can't even fit inside the building? <laughs> you quote that. See, that's what confuses me, Chrissy, because <laughs> you quote movies, and I just assume that means you've seen them. That's not true. I haven't seen Casablanca, but I know the whole... But you don't quote Casablanca to me a lot, but you have... Here's looking the, at you, kid. The school you never do that, but that was great. <laughs> do that more. Um, weird. Well, I guess we have to see Zoolander eventually. How about a Zoolander Casablanca double feature? <laughs> Genius. Genius. Boom. Drop the dynamite. Uh what else about Deadcom? I love that we watched this movie two weeks after uh Waterworld. I was like, there's a lot of water in this movie again. So do you know what I do you know what I thought of? And <laughs> Where's the Mariner? <laughs> he would fuck Billy Zane up. You're gonna with laugh his at gills. Me. Are you ready? Yeah. This is what I thought of. There's a scene where Sam Neill is in a sinking ship, right? Yeah. And 
I'm like, why is he below deck? Just like get above deck. Why is this that hard? Why is he? I don't get it. So there was that. And then he basically is underwater and it seems like he could drown. We're at that point going, oh, maybe he is trapped. And then there's a pipe that somehow he manages to get open. And he and even though there's water, obviously, now getting into the pipe because he's underwater, he like blows. Set, well, no, wait, wait. Set it up, Chrissy. What does he do to the pipe? He blows into the pipe. What What? What does he do to the pipe? He blows into Nate. it. He blows into the pipe. Yeah. What comes out the other end? Oh, well, so he's underwater and the pipe is on the, you know, open air so he could breathe through it. But he has to blow some cockroaches out. Chrissy almost quits the movie. I, I couldn't. I was like, I'm done. I'm done. That's it. I'm done. Wait, if he would have blown in, he would have ingested those cockroaches. Okay. I, I, I'm sorry. Make it stop. Like the little legs. Oh, God. Please. Imagine the little legs. Like, Why go, are you like, doing go, this to me? Going down your like, esophagus. Like, I hate boop, boop, you right boop, boop, now. Boop, boop, I hate like you legs. so fucking much. <laughs> but okay. But but do you know what this made me think of other than disgust for the cockroaches? What? It made me think of when we were doing the human centipede. Oh. <gasps> <laughs> and it made me think of butt action. Chrissy, <laughs> <Yes. laughs> like... you really want this thing to actually be a viable option biologically? This butt oxygen thing. Well, in my head, I was like, what would be worse, the butt oxygen way of living, or like the cockroach ingestion way? So, of if living? no one saw, listen to that episode. Oh, no. Chrissy said that if the human centipede threesome. Uh, people <laughs> fell into a pool and the 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 person at the head was above water the person below them with their face hermetically no. sealed to the asshole of that person could breathe the oxygen <laughs> butt wise butt oxygen through that person you got it wrong you got it wrong that's that's how you sold it, Chrissy. No, no. I heard it again the other day, and that's not what happened. I didn't say if the, if the front person can remain above water. I said that person can drown. But hopefully, instead of like a death poop, it's like a death fart. <laughs> and that might be like just barely enough to sustain. Sustain into what? This one, this one I'm asking. <laughs> so that poor person's last dying breaths is like, Poop oxygen, basically. It's <laughs> gross, Chrissy. That's like it's like a Saw movie. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like this is what, why I thought of it. I was like, what's worse, that or the cockroaches in the tube? <laughs> so what you're saying to breathe. Sam Neil's like swimming around. He's like, oh, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. And instead of a pipe, there just like a big butt just sticking out. He's like. Butt oxygen. <laughs> I remember that episode of So I Made a Movie Geek where Chrissy was talking about that. This has to work. He's like, give me all the butt oxygen. Well, what's worse, me. that or the cockroach thing? I just think Sam Neill was kind of wasted. Like, he was oh, at that boat forever. He was. I mean, he fought dinosaurs, guys. I know that was after <laughs> this movie. Maybe they saw this movie and they're like, okay, we got to give Sam Neill something <laughs> to do. Give him something more to do. And then suck it on this pipe with the butt oxygen. Um, oh man! Anyway, dead calm. So that scene stuck out. <laughs> that was a that was a good scene. <laughs> You're right. And also the just like the the millions of ways you were saying like he, she beats the crap out of Billy Zane, but then after like she beats him, how he's basically you know left to die, and then he comes back, and then the whole ending when he comes back before he ends up blowing his cheeks out. Yeah. Anyway. Then it's the best part, his death. Is yeah. The best part. 
can't be a sequel. He did. He did. So show. show. So what will be your uh, final grade for Dead Calm? Unless you have any other. No. No more. Like I said. See. Def- I would definitely see uh, Hand of the Rocks of Cradle. This one is like this a C-, is- C plus. Yeah. So remember how I said watch like popcorn with never, um, not never talk to strangers. I'm still thinking of that movie. Um, Hand of the Rocks of Cradle. Like that's a movie you watch popcorn with and you're like, oh yeah, no, don't do this. Right. Yeah. This is a movie that like you just drink a lot of wine with. You're like, oh, oh, what's going to happen? And you're drinking wine. And by the end, by the time the big reveal happens of Billy Zane's death, you are drunk and it's awesome. That's cool. What's your grade, by the way? 6.8 on IMDb. Mm-hmm. I said C+. Plus. Oh, I didn't hear. Sorry. Um, All right. So we're very like close to each other. 82%. So it has higher on, on Rotten Tomatoes at 82%. Well, that doesn't surprise me. You know why? I bet you more Less people... Less reviews as well right but one. again more people are nicole kidman fans and you know how it is people go back in somebody's filmography when they're a fan and they like just see everything and they upvote it we like the trashy more we like the trashiness of hand the rocks the cradle more yes we're we're not uptown we're downtown and uh, she's very uptown and uh we like the um the breastfeeding over the boat rape scenes Ooh, yeah that that was really rough um, but Nicole Kidman very well. She was really good in that show. What was that show you made me watch? Little oh, uh, big, big Little Lies. Big Little Lies. Mm-hmm. She was she was probably my favorite part about that show. She was really good in that. Other than Chrissy's role in it as Reese Witherspoon, apparently. Wait, or, what? Or people like that's you, Chrissy. Did oh, somebody say that was you? I can't remember, but uh, probably. I mean, I get that a lot anyway with well, her. But wasn't she the murderer in the end? No. Oh wait. Spoiler alert. No. No, but she was she was the she was the woman who was like all about basically saying anything as it popped into her head, and she also ran the theater thing on the side. Oh, that's right. Yeah. she had the affair with that dude. She did. <laughs> and then, so about you cheating on me with movies? No, I'm kidding. So um, Dunkirk, Dunkirk. <laughs> You've been seeing someone, Justin. What's her name? <laughs> Dunkirk. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Uh, Hand in the Rock's Cradle for me over Dead Calm. Uh, definitely worth a watch. Um, totally. For both of those. Mm-hmm. Um, cool, Chrissy. So, what do you think? Two thrillers, more up your alley. You like? Yes. Thank you. I appreciate it. More, please. <laughs> more of these, please? Yes. Um, so just a little scheduling guys, just so you know. Um, so next week on the show, really exciting. It's going to be our 12th fantasy movie draft. 12. Wow. 12 is my favorite number. Really? Yeah. Well, you're going to like this episode. Why? Why? It's our first versus fantasy movie draft. So instead of having four people solo kind of fighting against each other mm-hmm. we're teaming two podcasts one-on-one versus each other what so the epic film guys that is nick and uh justin mm-hmm. and the countdown movie and tv reviews over in australia being wayne and paul yes are going against each other um and the theme is sequels since 2000 Ooh. And, and so they're, they're gonna make picks just like regular and then we'll pull their uh, each team's picks against each other to see who who had the best ten movies in terms of sequels since two thousand. So nice, get excited for that. I am a lot of lot of trash talk. will I'm sure be involved with that. 
Um, and then the week after that, Chrissy, uh, we have visitors in from Australia. <gasps> Yay! So, uh, fr- so we're we're now part of the Podfix Network. If mm-hmm. you guys don't know, check it out: podfixnetwork.com. Um, it is uh, the movie Pod Squad is is no more, but in its ashes, the phoenix that the Podfix Network <laughs> is has arisen. We've added five new podcasts. We're branching out, not just movie podcasts now. Um, but one of our Podfix Network uh, bros, uh, pod bros, uh, who spiked the puns, um, uh, we're going to have a couple visitors in town. Very exciting. And uh, we are watching Chrissy's first Steven Seagal and John Claude Van Damme movie. Wait, wait. Street Fighter, we don't count as a John Claude Van Damme movie, even though he's in it. We're talking about. He's, a vehicle for he's him. He's the main show. Right. This is him. When people think of these movies, they think of, or when they think of Seagal or Van Damme, these are the movies they think of. Yes. We put out a poll, so we're watching Bloodsport and Under Siege. Okay. Chrissy's super excited. She already knows about this. She's researching. <laughs> she's in the microfiche. I'm, I am deep in the microfiche, rolling Learn, in the deep. Learning their bio, their histories. I am. Having all my questions already resolved before I even get into it. So that'll be really exciting. I'm excited about that. Ta-da! Other than that, Chrissy, there's yes. a, there's an internet out there. But the- where, where can you find our podcast? Anywhere on the internet where So I Married a Movie Geek can be Googled. So if you Google us, you'll find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Twitter, Facebook, uh, just me on Instagram, not Justin. And you'll find our Snapchat run by our four-year-old. And if you're on Apple Podcast, could you do us a favor? If you like our show, go and leave us a, a rating and review. Sure. That would be awesome. Yeah, why not? Like super awesome. Like super awesome. Like if you like us, just let us know. <laughs> Come on, Chrissy. Justin is really like milking this. He's like, if you like us, I will go see Dunkirk with you and not Chrissy. Leave us a review and I'll take you out. I mean... I don't want to oversell it, but last time you oversold it by making me watch the Human Centipede. We—that's what we need. We need to figure out a new, a new uh, Apple a new, podcast, a new gimmick, uh, stunt or something. Okay. People ask, like, is there something I could do? Yeah. What? That's it. Like, I have no shame. <laughs> I watch any movie. So I'll think about it. We'll think of something. If anybody, I'm sure there's if, something. If anybody has any thoughts, reach out to us on, on Twitter Thank you or re- Facebook. Review or... Selena for the podcast. I don't know. Well, you made me watch that all the time. <laughs> it's always on. Well, good. It should be easy. It puts me in a sad place, Chrissy. Oh. Um, but other than that, we're just happy you guys listen. Thank you so much. And uh, I guess we'll catch you next week. Yay. Thanks Can't a wait. lot. Woo. Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com.